the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will not be hosting today's program. Instead, Ed Bondarenka will be filling in as the host. He will be joining you momentarily. In the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Detroit Tigers smoked the Baltimore Orioles 11 to nothing this past Monday. Ryan Kreidler drew a bases-loaded walk to plate Miguel Cabrera, singled to send home Spencer Torkelson, and hit a sacrifice fly to score Torkelson, who also scored on a wild pitch by D.L. Hall. Riley Green doubled twice to plate Akil Badu twice and Kreidler once. Badu singled to send home Jonathan Scope and Ryan Kreidler. Cabrera singled to score Javier Baez, and Scope hit a sacrifice fly to plate Kerry Carpenter to round out the Tigers' scoring. Tyler Alexander allowed two hits and recorded four strikeouts in seven strong innings of work before Will Vest and Jose Cisnero each pitched an inning to assist in the Tigers' triumph. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. <laughs> well, thanks. I heard somebody else breathing and talking there for a second. I wondered if Phil had joined us. I don't see him. So welcome to the show, folks. Uh, Derek, has our guest called in yet? I think he's just calling in right now. Oh, okay. Well, that would explain that because we'd hate to have him not call in. And then I'd have to keep talking and talking and talking. And we don't want that now. Do we? Of course, my phone is saying, did you mean to talk to me? No, shut up, Google. So welcome to the show, folks. Pastor Rick is being held hostage at the big house, right? So uh, he can't join us today. You're stuck with me. If Phil shows up, you get him. And uh, we do have a show planned today. And Derek's talking to what I hope is our guest. Um, It's amazing the way the weather has changed. Let's talk about the weather for a second here. I mean, it's a few days ago, it was like uh, working on the brakes of a friend's car in the garage and sweating in the next day freezing. And our guest has shown up. Our guest is Fireman Tim. Tim, welcome aboard. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. Tim, do we want to give out your last name? I'm not sure if you are going for anonymity here or not. I doubt it, but. Oh, you can You can tell my last name. Why don't you? I can't remember it, Tim Rudd. What is your last name? <laughs> well, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for uh, listening to what I have to say. My name is Tim Rudd. So, Tim, I recall that you were a fireman on the Ann Arbor Pol- uh, Fire Department. Uh, we had talked before, long before this happened, and uh, uh, you know, I know you occasionally off air and. So you had just gotten a promotion. Was that the fire inspector? Yes, fire inspector and uh, fire investigator. Yeah, yeah. So I had a friend who uh, I went to church with a few years ago, and he uh, he was uh, retired, and uh, 
he was an investigator and actually that qualified him to get a uh, PI license with the state of Michigan after he retired. I remember him being pretty proud of that. Uh, you obviously were found worthy enough by your employer, the fire department in the city of Ann Arbor, uh, that they would trust you to be an, inv an investigator and, uh, and promote you. But then the, uh, the Chinese uh, pan pandemic arrived and uh, there were mandated, oh, I can't call them vaccinations, there were mandated uh, injections of a foreign material untested. And uh, you chose not to get that, am I correct? Correct. Why was that? Well, just for the reason that you just explained, it's something that's, that's part of our, our laws and, and um, the Nuremberg Codes that Humans aren't so supposed to be uh, lab rats, and I didn't know what this stuff was. This was brand new, and I, I didn't trust it, so I just didn't want to take it. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad idea, actually. You know, I'd like to play something I heard on uh, uh, Bill Whittle's podcast this week. This is, this is Bill Whittle speaking for a second here. Give me a second. Okay, give me another second. Not long ago... Uh, I saw a video online of a woman who had had, had a very, very bad uh, autoimmune reaction to the Victrola that she purchased. Her face looked like... I'm going to pause this. He calls it the Victrola that she purchased. He means basically the needle. There's a needle on a Victrola for you youngsters who only know MP3 <laughs> players. And so a Victrola was an ancient phonograph that had a needle that went in grooves. So he does not want to get kicked off of YouTube. So that's what he refers to it as. So when he says Victrola, he means the needle, the shot. Like it had been burned. I've never seen anybody so disfigured um, by an autoimmune response, which was generated by the, you know, the Victrola that she got. And we're only saying that so that we can get the message out a little bit wider. Where this is how people in the Soviet Union used to deal with things. You would say things that everybody knew what they meant, but they would slide underneath the censorship barrier. That's also where we are. But but this woman, uh, who I felt enormous sympathy for, said something that was so heartbreaking and at the same time so illuminative. And and she's in tears, her, her life is ruined, her face is ruined. It's not just like she's got a rash. And she said, I don't understand. I did everything the government told me to do. I did everything they told me to do. I said, there you go. There's your problem right there, right? There's your problem. Not just her problem, our problem. We have, we have removed our individual selves from the work of policing the republic. Okay, so basically this poor woman, her face was destroyed by taking the injection and she was only doing what the government told her to do. You, however, Tim, did not do what the government told you to do. Did that have any repercussions? Yes, it did. Back would you in care December to share of 2021, I was terminated due to the fact that uh, I was denied my religious exemption and that I wouldn't take the shot. What were the grounds for denying your religious exemption? Were you not religious enough? That was the answer that I received from Human Resources, yes. They, they qualified me for 
my sincerity. Um, I was being facetious, and then you tell me that I was actually being plain spoken, and I thought I was trying to be funny. Are you kidding me? Uh, what, did you not go to church often enough? I'm not quite sure uh, if that was one of the cases, but uh, one thing that was said was that all of the words that I put on my document for the religious request weren't mine. You know, however, you also have to understand all of the words written in the Bible about Jesus Christ <laughs> and God weren't mine, but I, I believe what's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, was there, is there any standard? I'm reminded of somebody recently I heard about who was in an argument with um, a climatologist in, in New Zealand where he lives. And they said, well, we want to reduce CO2 for the sake of the environment. And he said, to what level? What's a safe level of CO2? Well, we just have to make sure that we don't get bad weather. And he says, what's the level of CO2 you want to reduce to? Well, we need to remove cars off the roads to reduce CO2. What's the level of CO2? And and no answer, of course, because there is no... What? How did they determine what your level of sincerity is? And is there like some psychological metric, uh, uh, some kind of test you have to take that... Were you examined by anybody, uh, say a, a group of a religious panel? No on a religious panel, and to what extent that they were um, determining my sincerity and, and their thought process, I, I can't tell you that. That one I, I do not have an answer for. Good, because you'd have to be as crazy as they are to actually understand it. That's, that's a good thing. Did you get a lawyer? Yes. Oh, who's your lawyer? Matt DiPerno. I'm leading the witness because I know who your lawyer is, but I just thought I'd do that. Matt DiPerno, that rings a bell. Is he running for attorney general? Oh, I think he's uh, more than ready. He just has to jump the hurdles that um, the left are presenting before him. Oh, yeah, I meant, I meant running. I, I thought I said running. Maybe it came out as reading, ready. I don't know. But regardless, yeah. So um, what court are is your case uh, being tried in? Well, at this point, the court isn't uh, isn't determined. I'm still uh, waiting on the employment Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, to investigate to uh, bless my uh, lawsuit. Did you not tell me that you were waiting for that? Was how long have you been fired? Uh, since December twenty second, two thousand twenty one. So I thought almost a year now, I was going to say a year ago. Didn't you tell me that? Like, okay, let's say eight months ago. I mean, you've been waiting on this EOC uh, for quite some time, right? Oh, yes. <sighs> okay, so you don't think that politics were involved in this at all, do you? For the uh, termination? Yeah. Well, I really can't say, um, and I don't want to speculate, but there is one thing that I know for sure is I was, um, there was an attempt two times in a year and a half prior for uh, the city of Ann Arbor to uh, terminate me. And what were those grounds? 
We didn't have a shot back then, so what were the grounds? Uh, the grounds were based on me exercising my constitutional rights of assembly at the uh, State House of Michigan in Lansing that I didn't follow the uh, governor's stay-at-home order. And also the other one was that I uh, made a phone call to a radio station and was uh, describing the diversity, equity, and inclusion classes that was mandatory. Wow. What radio station might that have been? If I oh, let's see here. Let me check my notes. Uh, it would have been uh, on the edge with Theron, Wham 1600. I, I've heard of that show. That That's pretty radical. Derek, have you, you, you know that guy? He's a host on this show, right? Yeah. Pretty radical. I can see you're, you're associated with MAGA extremists. I'm surprised you weren't terminated for being a domestic terrorist. And I don't mean to make light of your plight. Trust me, brother. I'm, as you know, I've been praying for you. And um, wow. Well, the phone number is 734-822-1600. Um, I don't know if you have any questions for Tim or not. Now, Tim, can we mention your wife's name? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, well, Tim's Tim's wife is Alona Rugg, and she's quite famous as Donna X to listeners of this station and that other show that uh, Theron, is that his name, Theron on the Edge. And uh, Donna was uh, quite the activist herself, uh, obviously being Donna X instead of Alona Rugg, trying to avoid some of the, uh, um, what do you call that, flashback, you know, uh, from you know the union, from the uh, the school board that she uh, worked for, so yeah, you, you want to watch some of that uh, going on. But man, you have a f you have the right to exercise free speech. You did not say anything derogatory about the uh, the city of Ann Arbor, did you? No, did not. Were you were you in uniform when you went to the rally? No. Well, then, I believe that we have since found that the emergency powers granted to Whitmer to tell you to stay at home, which didn't stop a lot of people, didn't stop me, um, that those were found to be uh, unconstitutional anyhow, right? Yes, by the Michigan Supreme Court, but that didn't matter when it came to the hardship that I, that I had when I was employed with the city of Ann Arbor. Wow. Okay. So um, I was reading an article here not too long ago, and it says that uh, this is the National Law Review. So this is a prestigious uh, website, you know, for lawyers. And it says that uh, challenges against employer COVID-19 vaccine, vaccine mandates show no sign of slowing. And this is as of uh, five days ago, September 19th. Lawsuits opposing COVID-19 vaccine mandates have surpassed the 1,000 complaint mark. The vast majority of these cases, 75% have been filed against employers. So you are not alone in your challenge. And um, I mean, other people have gotten exemptions, have they not? For I, mean, I'm not, I don't know about the fire department, but I know that uh, there were hospitals and universities that would give exemptions, uh, I want to say famously, but uh, 
Dave Coleman filed a lawsuit against Western Michigan University because they were enforcing the mandate and would not allow religious um, exemptions for a sports team there. And he represented them. I think it was a soccer team, but I'm not sure. And he represented them and he won in court that they had to give the uh, religious exemption to them. Um, I'm just surprised that, I don't know, that it, it can't be shown in your case that you were discriminated against when somebody thinks that you weren't religious enough. I mean, I I know you personally. I I know you don't burn altar uh, burn incense at an altar, you know, on a daily basis. You, uh, I mean, I change my oil religiously, and I don't burn incense when I do that. So, what does it mean to be religious enough? It just I don't understand that. I'm not sure either, but I can at least let you know that there were numerous. Um, fire personnel granted their religious exemption. Is there is there one you want to speak of in particular? Uh, you told me I don't know what you want to say on the air or not. I know you got a lawsuit that's that you're hoping is pending, so I don't know what you can or cannot say. But I remember you telling me about a deal being offered. Oh, you mean for me to uh, retire? No, no, I was thinking that they would they would uh, relent if you would do something or they they relented for a comb uh, for a fellow employee. Am I mistaken? Maybe I'm mistaken. Um, no, but I'll tell you what I can I I don't have any details about the others religious exemptions that were granted, but um if you were granted the religious exemption, if I'm going down the right road for you that you would have to participate in uh, weekly testing of the PCR test, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, prove or disprove that you have uh, the COVID, you know, the Wu flu. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was the only that would be the only deal that I'm aware of if you were granted a religious exemption. So when it comes to the particular details of anybody else that was granted a religious exemption, I can't speak on that because I don't have the information. Okay, got it. I thought thought there was something about. Uh... We'll let you come back if you do something and don't say something, whatever. But I'm probably misremembering that. So, um, wow. So right now you are still waiting on the State Equal Opportunity Employment Commission to do some paperwork before you can proceed with your lawsuit. Yes, that's true. And now when it comes to when the EEOC approves, I'm to understand that this uh, court case will get filed in federal court. Okay. Um, and what would the what would the grounds for the lawsuit be? I mean, you, you, I can imagine, but do you know what they'd be? What they would be technically? No, I don't. That would that would be up to my attorney, Matt DiPerno. Okay. Yeah, seems capable guy. Um, oh. I don't yeah, like to play was, a lawyer I, on the radio, I saw him even though I. When he was representing me at my termination hearing, he, when he heard my story, he asked me if uh, anybody was showing up with me to the termination hearing, and I said no. And he says, "I'll be there for you." He goes, "If you don't mind, I'd like to show up, and uh, we'll we'll talk to him." I said, "Okay." I also had uh, Pastor Rick Dietering, uh that was there also uh, on behalf of myself to be able to help speak on my behalf, and so that uh, 
other other people present were the union president, the union chief Stewart. Uh, the union lawyers didn't show up. Uh, there was a contracted third party interim HR director that was present. He showed up with no lawyers, and the Ann Arbor City Fire Chief Mike Kennedy showed up. Well, the union lawyers didn't show up, but the union officials did. Whose side were they on? They were on my side. Oh, they were. Yeah, they were on my side, but um, you know, <clears throat> being a blue collar worker and you don't know know uh, the laws and how to navigate litigation, uh, it was no brainer that when I was asked who who I wanted to represent me during this termination hearing, I wholeheartedly said Matt DiPerno, my lawyer. I, I got asked, then, does that mean you could have asked the union lawyers to represent you? That would be my assumption, but they weren't there. And But the representation was just the blue-collar guys. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, I had, you know, I. it's my personal experience that unions, and I mean personal experience, I have this experience. I uh, talked to my local president at uh, when I worked at the GM Willow Run plant once. He told me about this plant in Arlington, Texas, was wanted work, and it was our plant or their plant. Either their plant would stay open or our plant would, would stay open, and our plant closed. And basically, he was in a room where the union officials in Arlington went so far as to say, we'll leave the UAW to get this work, you know? And <laughs> I, don't, you, I don't trust union officials in general. Having known some that actually went to jail anyhow, known of many who have gone to jail, uh, so I'm, I'm glad to see that these guys were there for you and stuck up for you. But you'd have thought that somebody would insist the lawyers were there and and that the union would have some kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, activity to go to bat for you instead of you having to hire Matt DiPerno. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was a little bit surprised and taken back by the union lawyers not showing up. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Uh, but I, I had my backup plan that, that fell into place by accident. And, you know, I, I do have to say that the union was perturbed that I didn't let them know ahead of time that I had a backup plan and was executing it. Okay, well, it's always good to have a plan. <laughs> Sometimes that plan is to smile, greet everybody in the room, and then have another plan. Uh, I think yeah. that was uh, uh, General Mad Dog who said that. But you didn't want to execute that plan at that time. Just basically wanted to have a plan for dealing with these hostiles. And that's that's what you're facing. You're facing people who want to basically take away your living, your source of income, and and deny you the ability to exercise your talents and um, training that they'd actually provided for you because you refused to take a life-endangering uh, injection that's now granted not everybody has been endangered well I wouldn't say endangered has been damaged everybody who's taken it has been endangered because they've faced the same danger it's like a, a playing Russian roulette with with needles instead of bullets and some people are really uh, they don't do so well like the lady that Bill Whittle was talking about and others do uh, don't seem to have a problem and others have minimal uh, like Pastor Rick minimal um, uh, reaction to the to the shot. So uh, 
We've got about 30 seconds left. Tim, I appreciate you coming on and explaining to us what's going on. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, we ask that you would help Tim in his endeavors and his uh, in his employment and in this battle, this battle for rights, the rights of each of us. Um, this is a micro of what we all face from this government. And Father, we ask to move mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tim. You're welcome. Thank you, Ed. Pastor Rick is not hosting today's program. Instead, Ed Bondarenka is filling in as today's host. He will be joining you momentarily. In the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Tigers defeated the Baltimore Orioles 3-2 this past Tuesday. Akil Badu smashed a two-run homer to plate Jamer Candelario, and Kerry Carpenter belted a solo four-bagger to complete the Tigers' scoring. Joey Wentz kept the Orioles scoreless on two hits, and he recorded four strikeouts while throwing 53 of his 86 pitches, four strikes, in five and two-thirds innings of work. Wentz was relieved by Alex Lang, Joe Jimenez, Andrew Chafin, and Gregory Soto. Lang pitched a scoreless one-third of an inning. Jimenez gave up a two-run moonshot to Gunnar Henderson in the seventh inning. Chafin walked a pair of batters but escaped unharmed, and Soto earned his 26th save of the season. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. Just in case somebody wanted that ding or Pastor Rick is listening, he gets his ding. Welcome back to the second half of Moment of Clarity. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, like I said, Pastor Rick is uh, he is stuck in traffic at the big house, and so he can't join us today. He will be back next week. So have hope. Things will get better. So we were talking to uh, Tim Rugg just before the break, and we were talking about his being fired from the Ann Arbor Fire Department over his refusal to take the uh, shot. And uh, I don't even want to justify it by giving it a va- the term vax is not a vaccine. If you have any comments on this, the number is 734-822-1600. Now, if you were listening to the news in between uh, halves of the show, you heard about a judge in New York City, a Manhattan Supreme Court judge, on Friday struck, to, well, overturned the city's vaccine mandate for the New York Police Benevolent Association. Now, when I say Benevolent Association, we mean union. And said members who lost their jobs for being unvaccinated should be reinstated. Now, the city immediately filed an appeal, you know, like, and you got to wonder why, 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 why? What do they care at this point? We know that we know that the, the pandemic is over. Joe Biden himself told us that the pandemic was over. So why, why not bring these people back, give them their livelihoods and their jobs back? Well, they'd have to say they were wrong. That's the problem. They'd have to say they were wrong. And nobody likes to do that, particularly governmental agencies. Rarely do you get an apology from a from a, an overreaching governmental, uh, particularly left-wing organization. 
So uh, still, it's a victory for New York City cops who, for various reasons, didn't want to get that that shot. Okay, and um, I was saying that. Uh, well, I played this last week, I think, on my show, and this is this is kind of interesting. In Alberta, unknown cause of death is causing even more deaths than heart disease, strokes, and diabetes combined. For a little more perspective, let's throw it over to a guy with an accent from our sister station in the UK. The leading cause of death in Alberta is now, go on, take a guess, take a wild guess, cancer, heart disease, no. The leading cause of death is cause unknown. Known causes was the leading cause of death in Alberta last year. That category leads the way over dementia, which has been in the top spot since 2016. You better hope you don't contract unknown cause of death because there's a lot of people dying from it. Let's hear more. A couple of years ago, unknown cause of death was unknown. There were just a mere 500 or so. Uh, if you ever look at this uh, graphic of unknown causes, look at that. 2019, there were just uh, 500 uh, unknown causes of death. Uh, now it's 3,362. The leading cause of death is unknown. You're likely, you're more likely to die from an unknown cause in a first world society than anything else. There's a lot of unknown cause going around. What are the early symptoms? The warning signs of unknown cause beats me. Nobody knows. That's why they call it unknown cause. What's causing all this unknown cause of death? Is it climate change, transphobia, or could it be? No, it couldn't. We'll take it from here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. No, it couldn't. No, it couldn't. I mean, we all know what it is. I mean, what else? It isn't COVID. If it was COVID, we'd be in lockdowns again. But how about it was a response to COVID? How about it was these? untested, unproven, what's another word? I mean, basically they didn't do any real trials on these drugs except what they did on human beings. And then they gave the drug companies full immunity, full immunity. If if you die, hey, well, you can't sue. Well, of course you weren't gonna either, but neither can your, your, uh, uh, your heirs sue for wrongful death. No, no, no. If you get disfigured, your face burns up like Bill Whittle was referring to. No, nope, you're on your own. Sorry, can't touch us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, the leading cause is unknown because they don't want it to be unknown. I remember talking to Neil Mammon last summer on my show. And uh, he told me about a young man that he was mentoring and very athletic young man. And he got the shot. And a couple of days later, he's dead in his bathtub. His mom finds him dead in his bathtub, bleeding. This is this is what's going on. This is it's a when they say correlation is correlation is not causation. Well, sometimes uh, the two are so interactive that you just can't you can't not make the connection unless you absolutely refuse to. All right, and so part of this weeding out in the in the employment space, part of this is to disenfranchise or unemploy, cons particularly conservatives who tend to have a better understanding on this. We call them conspiracy theorists and who, have, who, who do the reading, who are a little bit leery of these government programs, these untested drugs. And so it's an excuse to get rid of them, to, to fire them and 
man, if you're unemployed, you just can't give as much money to conservative candidates as you used to. And so it's a threat to shut us up. Okay, it's a threat hanging over our heads. Don't say this, don't do that, don't be this way. You know, come over to our side. We have, uh, you know, we have cookies and donuts. Come over to the dark side. That's, it's, it's part of the war that's being waged by this administration and others on conservatives. And uh, actually, that article, that uh, report was from Calgary. And I'm going to have a guest from Calgary, Alberta on my show in the next hour. Uh, short little plug there. And so what we're seeing is, is that uh, there's these threats against conservatives. And uh, well, here's kind of a famous one. I think I have a clip for here. And I can't find it immediately, of course, because I cleaned house. But we know what uh, we know what Biden had to say recently about uh, about uh, MAGA MAGA people. Uh, here we go. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. That's Biden, and then here's his press secretary on the same thought. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, The president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular a piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms, uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. So what do you do to extreme threats to our quote unquote democracy, our re- Republican representative form of government? Well, what would you do to people like that? Well, I don't know, would you you know, run them over and with a car in an alley when you're drunk. I mean, Kaylor Ellison, Kaylor Ellison, say his name. North Dakota man was charged with killing Kaylor Ellison using his vehicle. And he has reportedly admitted to intentionally hitting him after a political dispute, claiming the guy was part of a Republican extremist group. So this Shannon Brandt, he's 41 years old, he kills 18-year-old Kayla Ellington, and he does it with an SUV. And so supposedly he called 911 to report what he did, and he said he was drunk, allegedly drunk at, at the time. It's open season on MAGA and conservatives. Now, wouldn't it be nice to live in a country where you weren't threatened by your president? where you weren't threatened by your fellow citizens? You know, just because you had a red hat on that said, make America great again? I was watching a video of a guy, he was actually recording it on his camera while he was being escorted off a Delta airliner. And the reason he was being escorted off a Delta airliner, as explained to him by the captain, who he was recording while he was being uh, counseled by this pilot was because there was policy against threats from domestic terrorists and his hat represented a threat. Make America great again. 
a red hat threatened all these other passengers on the plane who, you know, I don't know who they were. I don't know what they're dressed like. I imagine one of them was probably carrying a, a pet wolverine as a as a uh, uh, comfort creature. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the pets you carry to, to keep you calm. I mean, in other words, you can get away with just about anything in this country. You can you can cut off genitals. You can cut off. Uh, um, you can force kids to to mutilate themselves. You can do all kinds of things. You can. You can wear uh, outrageous clothing and pretend to be a woman in front of a classroom full of, of students. But God forbid you should wear a Make America Great Again hat onto an airliner or down the street. I mean, this is, this is what it's coming to. You know, it's, this is going to get ugly if it keeps up like that. That's there's just you know it, I know it. If you have a comment on this, so I shut up for a while. The number is 732 1600. And um, let me know how you feel about this because obviously you know how I feel. I'm certainly trying to avoid the word civil war because I don't want to say the word civil war because then I would be considered uh, an insurgent or an insurrectionist, and then the the uh, FBI might come knocking at my door, which you know. Why wouldn't they, given given the way things are going? You know, it's a, they don't even, we had a guest on my show a couple of weeks ago. They did a no knock on him. And he asked them, where's your, uh, where's your warrant? They says, oh, it's, it's over in the truck. They didn't even bring the warrant to the door. He said, well, I'd like to see the warrant. And they said, well, open the door to your wreck vehicle here. And he said, well, let me see the warrant. They said, well, okay. Either you open the door or we open it, and it'll be damaged if we open it, and we'll get you a warrant later. You know, remember this? We are federales, you know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Yeah, exactly. And we got this uh, FBI special agent uh, in, in Jacksonville, who was just terminated from the FBI. And he was on their SWAT team. And he took a conscientious objection from going on a raid on a January 6th uh, insurrectionist, right? Somebody who might have been in the Capitol on January 6th, and they waited a year and a half to go after this extreme danger to the to the Republic. And so this guy, a good guy, you hear that there are good agents. Well, this guy's obviously one of them. Guy named Friend, Special Agent Friend, no longer Special Agent. And actually his name is Friend, by the way. And so he was told, well, you do want to be in the FBI, don't you? You do want to continue working as a special agent, right? All these hints to him about, hey, get with the program, get with the program. And he basically said, this is unconstitutional. I'm conscientiously objecting to this unconstitutional attack on this citizen. I can't participate in it. I'm sworn to uphold the Constitution. You're asking me to violate my oath. And they said, oh, we're telling you to violate your oath in so many words. And so when he didn't go, they got him for a no-show for work and fired him. Took his badge and his gun. And this guy is a 12-year veteran. And we just lost 
all that experience and training, and I should say courage. We lost that courage and we lost that integrity. We lost that because his bosses are politicizing the government, politicizing the Department of Justice. They are attacking us as American citizens. I don't know, I can't say any differently than that. So, um, oh my goodness, we have a caller. It's Joe from Wyandotte. Derek, put Joe on the phone so I can drink water and take a breath. Yeah, what a shock and surprise that I would call in, hey? And as the author of the definitive book on terrorism of our time, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, that's other yes, you are. repeating what other people have said about my book. Literally, at the behest of the teachers' unions, Merrick Garland tries to declare our mama bear and papa bears going to the school board meetings and just trying to read something out of a book that is in the grade school to make the point about it being pornographic and having no place whatsoever in a grade school, they stop them and prohibit them from, quote, reading the pornography, but yet they allow it in the school. And we're not trying to ban books like the other side says. We're just talking about having the books only available to age appropriate. The left has banned the books. They have banned Catcher in the Rye, To Kill a Mockingbird, and Huck Finn from our schools, the classics. They don't want them reading the classics. It's no longer about reading, writing, arithmetic, and I throw in history because there's an hour in there, like the saying used to go, the three hours. It's all about radicalism, launch and racism through CRT nowadays. Did you say they, they tossed out Catcher in the Rye? Because frankly, I thought I, I'm, I'm kind of for that one. You can, you, can, you can let that one go. I don't think anybody needs to be reading that. But uh, yeah, that, that's. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not for book burning. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's some things that are just inappropriate for kids. And there's some things that, I mean, when you can't, Ask a kid, put a kid, put on a kid's reading list, uh, Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer, you know, or like you said, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, these are these are role models. These are sources of of uh, values to be emulated, and that's what they're trying to do is trying to knock down our whole system of morality and integrity and just submit to power. It's getting very 1984-ish, not in the sense of Big Brother watching you, but so much more as Big Brother wants you to think exactly like he wants you to think. It's all about the power. Yeah, the left always talks about wanting to have a discussion, right? Well, that was the point of a lot of those books. And even some of the books, they're not something to emulate, but they're meant to be an example and spur the discussion. Well, they want to peddle CRT. Well, Huck Finn and all those other books, To Kill a Mockingbird, were meant to spur discussions about racism. So if they want to talk about it, Bring back those classics. That was the point of having them. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It wasn't it wasn't just for good reading or examples of of uh, um, literature. How do you say it? The structure and it, it was also to promote thinking about the characters themselves, discussions about the characters and their reactions. And I mean, let's face it. There's these descriptions in To Kill a Mockingbird of horrible racism. And then there's also the discovery that, and I hate to give this away, folks, if, you know, if you haven't read the book or seen the movie, that, hey, it wasn't the black guy that did it, you know? And then at the end, I think um, one of the guys turns to, um, I forget her name, the little girl now, doggone, she had such an endearing little name. And he says to her, stand, your daddy's walking by. You know, somebody that we need to look up to for, for the, the, the stand that he took, the courageous stand against an, a community. And to, to my point, there are people who are taking this stand today. People like Tim Rugg, who stood up and said, no, I'm not taking the shot. It's wrong. A uh, special agent friend in Florida who said, no, I'm not busting down that guy's door. It's wrong. And these are the people we need to write books about. We need to uh, emulate. Now, I've got a guy coming on my show, once again, a plug, who is pretty well known. And uh, boy, did he stand up famously. And uh, we're going to be talking to him live this time instead of pre-recorded. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But yes, we need to stand up. I mean, what <sighs> the left always said, you know, uh, um, was that about to speak to power, right? Speak to power. Unless, of course, truth it's leftist power, power yeah. then it's shut up and sit down. Yep. Did you yeah, say something? truth to power, they used to say. Speak truth to power. Now you're right. It's, it's shut up and do as you're told. Uh, the hippies used to be anti-government. The, the modern-day hippies, the, the way they've grown up, they are the man now. They used to speak out against the man. They are the man now. And you use the right word, moral. Those stories had a moral to the story. Now all the books they want to peddle want to peddle an immoral to the story. They don't want any distinction of right and wrong and good and bad and even atheists like Penn of Penn and Teller have good moral character so it doesn't necessarily have to be a religious set of standards for morality, but there is right and wrong and good and bad. They want to blur those lines and go back to the old hippie. If it feels good, do it. And whatever is your truth is reality, no matter how devoid of how big a delusion it is. Hey, did you write a book? Did you, was I was kind of zoning out while you were talking. I normally do. Did you say you wrote a book? What's the name of the book, and where can people get that book? Yeah, Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You. Some have literally called it the definitive book on terrorism of our time, and you could go to terrorstrikes.info, terrorstrikes.info, buy direct. I'll send you an autographed copy of it. And, you know, it, so this, obviously, the Merrick Garlic thing hits close home to me because I wrote about all this stuff, and this idiotic right-wing extremism false narrative is just baloney. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and to the point of of this show and and uh, the kind of religious bent that this show normally has, we need to pray hard about this because 
We need an appeal to heaven. Our founding fathers knew about an appeal to heaven and we need that. And so, Father, I ask you right now that you would protect our nation from these evildoers and please give us the, the, the help that we need, the, the, the healing to this nation that we need and that these posers, the people who actually stole our government from us, the American people wouldn't vote for this. They wouldn't select this. We ask you that you would, you would heal this nation and protect us. And, and restore Amen, brother, Jesus and the George Amen. Washington and appeal the heaven flag flies atop one of my flagpoles out front of my house. All right, we'll see you later. Folks, thanks All for right, joining us for a moment of clarity. And uh, come back next week, and we'll have Pastor Rick back with us, maybe Phil O'Day to join us too. God bless America and America bless God. And stay tuned for your American heritage. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard dietering be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 